When alien ships land at 12 different locations across the planet, only one linguistics professor can save the day. Amy Adams and Jeremy Renner star in this beautiful 2016 mindbender that asks the question, if you could see your whole life from start to finish, would you change anything? Just imagine, if Amy Adams had this ability in real life, she could have totally avoided that whole Lois Lane debacle. Banter Movie Club proudly presents... Arrival. All right, Wes. Uh, Banter Movie Club number five. Is it really number is, five? It's number five. I mean, not including the the ones we did that were like part of other episodes, but this one's on arrival. So you mean, you mean we're still doing this and people are still listening? I mean, it seems that way. Wow. But to do this Banter Movie Club on arrival, we have invited a friend of ours who you may remember if you've uh, been listening to our podcast since the beginning. It is a man who claims that Arrival is his quote-unquote favorite movie of all time. It's Jacob Riggs. What are you doing here? How, how are you doing today, Jacob? Doing great. What are you doing here today, Jacob? No, That's right. How are you doing today? That's right. This is my favorite movie, rivaled by by few others. Maybe some Marvel movies, Infinity Wars up there, but you know this is this is the top notch. More like arrivaled by a few others. If you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> We uh, so funny. I was talking to Connor last night, and he pointed out to me that Arrival is my favorite movie, and one of my least favorite movies is The Departed, and their their titles are basically opposites. <laughs> How about that? That would make a lot of sense for, Fun facts. you know, you just don't like it when people depart out of your <laughs> life, and it yeah. makes you happy when they arrive. That's true. That's true. Mm. Mm. That deep. deep. Wes, are you playing... Are you playing <laughs> on a <laughs> DS right now? Yeah. Wait, let me guess. Is it? Is it... Diamond? No, Pokemon it's Diamond? it's it's a uh, Blue Rescue Team. Blue Rescue Team. Well, this, that's actually this is low. This is a new low for you. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, you two were messing around for so long trying to get the stuff to work. I got bored. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let's talk about this movie, Wes. Uh, let's do it. So when did you guys watch, when did you guys, I should say, rewatch this movie? We've all seen it before, but we all rewatched it recently. Last night. Last night? I think I rewatched it Tuesday. Tuesday or Wednesday. Okay. Oh, I was, I was about to watch Tuesday and Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> I think I watched it Tuesday. I don't know if I've seen it since theaters. Maybe once. Really? Maybe maybe once since theaters. I told you this like the last time we talked about it, Wes, and you had that same reaction. Well, I've seen it like five really? times at this point. <laughs> yeah. I uh, I don't know for sure. Maybe one time since theaters, but I had it on Blu-ray in an unopened Blu-ray uh case so so yeah man it it is a heavy hitter for sure how should we start this out maybe some some initial thoughts kind of going in what were our thoughts before even rewatching it and then after rewatching it jigs you want to start i mean uh, i've seen it a few times since theaters uh 
We watched it at uh, one of the local theaters here in West Lafayette when I was whenever it came out, 2016. That was my freshman year, I guess. Um, didn't know what it was about, just knew there were aliens. Uh, so my first time seeing it, was very surprised to see that it was much more than just an alien movie. Um, and I think that's because of the nature of the movie itself. You know, movies like it, Inception, The Prestige. Um, it, it's best going into it not knowing what you're uh, what you're expecting. Um, just just having thinking that it's something that it's not and, and learning that it's um, more than that. So, um, you know, the rewatchability is a little less than some other movies because you know what's going to happen and you don't get that uh, that same shock. Um, but I think what's different about this one than, than um, you know, something like Interstellar Inception is that, um, you know, there's there's a, um, maybe not a message, but there's meaning behind the story more than just um, the shock, which I think it gets to me every time, uh, you know, the decision that um, Amy Adams' character Lois plays. Is it Lois? Uh, Louise. Louise. Yeah, Louise. not Lois. Yeah, Lane. you said Lois Lane earlier, and I got that in my head now. Yeah, Louise. <laughs> we Louise don't Fox. love that. We don't <laughs> love that. Wes, what about you? I love it. Um, you know, I threw it into the uh, underrated movie scores a couple weeks ago. True, you, as did I. As did you. My favorite thing about it is like, you know, we've never had twelve alien spaceships land <laughs> on the Earth, but if we did, I would like to. Th- I would like to think that this is very realistic. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, there's some things. It seems like every movie I've been watching lately has some correlations to what we've been going through in the, <laughs> yeah. in this pandemic thing. Yeah. Um, but when I saw everybody like uh, and crashing these uh, these convenience stores for mm-hmm. food, water, meat, and whatever, yep, not toilet paper. That was never mentioned. <laughs> so. Arrival didn't get that right. The first thing that goes is toilet paper, as we now know. Apparently. It's kind of crazy. I mean, even watching, like, Jimmy Neutron again last night, which my brother wanted to watch, so we watched Jimmy Neutron Boy Genius. There's even some some, some stuff that you could take from that that kind of correlate with the yeah. <laughs> with the pandemic. But that's another Alien movie. Very different note. <laughs> no, like, very different tone alien for movie. Jimmy Neutron Boy Genius. Yeah. Alien movie. But also, but anyway, like, like, the aspect of them bringing in these esteemed professors to like figure it out and like watching her do the process of like literally doing her job to communicate with them because usually it's like people are like oh no aliens the aliens <laughs> are gonna kill us but it's like let's shoot at them talk to <laughs> them yep yeah i mean in my memory like thinking about this movie before i rewatched it i liked it a lot uh, I remember liking it a lot when I saw it in theaters, but I also remember it being a few steps down from some of my favorite mind benders, in my opinion. I remember thinking Amy Adams' performance was great mm-hmm. and that Jeremy Renner was a little stale compared to what I'd seen him in recently, which was Wind River. Uh, so I, I remember it fondly, but I also had remembered it maybe not as like cream of the crop mind bender movie. But yeah, watching it again, man, it, it is. A very very fun watch and I watched it with my little brother and it really kind of showed me how unpredictable <laughs> much of this movie is even with like watching it again you know what's coming they actually do foreshadow it pretty well but you still mm-hmm. can't really predict it very easily so maybe we'll get some some messages on insta people saying oh I, I predicted it whatever you're lying <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding you may have got it right I don't know on the BMC, we're not about protecting spoilers. Um, <laughs> no, because we kind of we kind of assume you've watched it at this point. So, so spoilers may be abound, 
In fact, they will be, I can assure you. But here's a here's a quick little spoiler-free synopsis. Linguistics professor Louise Banks, played by Amy Adams, leads an elite team of investigators when gigantic spaceships touch down in 12 locations around the world. As nations teeter on the verge of global war, Banks and her crew must race against time to find a way to communicate with the extraterrestrial visitors. Hoping to unravel the mystery, she takes a chance that could threaten her life and quite possibly all of mankind. That's pretty vague. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pretty vague. But uh, directed by Dennis Villanueva, who we already talked about a Dennis Villanueva movie a couple weeks ago yep. with Blade Runner 2049. This is better. This is better <laughs> in Wes's opinion and also in my opinion and I'm sure in Jacob's opinion. I haven't seen that one. Oh, okay. Yeah. Fair enough. But it probably is better. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. So let's talk about some of the acting performances in this movie. First of all, Amy Adams. Killed it. Come on. What do you think, Jacob? What do you think, Amy Adams? I feel like I'm not the best to to rate acting performances. Maybe that's just not what I pay to a lot, pay attention to a lot. But um, I thought it was good. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair according enough. to Kevin Lima, she's one of the best. Oh, mm. she yeah. According to Kevin Lima, she's a gem. So yeah, hear our full conversation with Kevin next Tuesday. But yeah, she's she's definitely the strongest point in this movie. In my opinion, she has she shows a lot of emotion while also being kind of a she's kind of quiet and lit and she's she's pretty even keel, all things considered. I mean, they just had an alien invasion and she's like, send me to the to the spaceship and I will go inside. So, yeah, but she's great. She's definitely the star. Her running mate uh, in this movie Jeremy Renner, who I love Jeremy Renner so much, but I do not like even rewatching it. I still don't think it was a very strong performance by him. I don't. I know Wes, you disagree with me on this, but uh, but I, I'm not like we've just seen a lot of good Jeremy Renner performances, and this is not one that well, I think. I mean, is he his didn't best. have to do much, right? He doesn't have a a. a he just kind of is there. He's and the he sidekick. He just kind of plays yeah. a human. That's fine. <laughs> a human that has that happens to be kind of smart, but you barely even get to see that, honestly. Well, that's because they realize that his smarts aren't as important as hers. He's definitely the sidekick. Like, there's no doubt in anybody's mind who the star is. So they mm-hmm. make that clear. Mm-hmm. That's good. You almost see the most of his character through the way that Luis thinks of him. Mm. You know, that's mm-hmm. valid. Especially after you know we we see the end of the movie and the resolution of. Um, like their life playing out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we'll get this out of the way early, but Jeremy Renner turns out to be her husband <gasps> later what? on. What? Dude, because... I never caught that. <laughs> <laughs> now people are like, what do you mean? <laughs> so if you're one of those people that's like, what do you mean? Then you probably haven't seen the movie yet, and uh, I apologize for the impending spoilers, but... But even, um, even so, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, so she has the ability, she realizes at some point that she can see her whole life in in front of her so she can essentially she can essentially see her future through after she basically uncracks the code of learning this alien language and the language uh like learning the language has given their ability her the ability to see her future um her life start to finish essentially so she eventually learns that jeremy renner's character whose name escapes me ian ian is the husband in all of her flashbacks, quote unquote, mm-hmm. flashbacks that are actually flash forwards, but you don't realize that until the end. Until the end. So yeah, there's Jeremy Renner. He's there. He plays a human. 
He's fine at it. He doesn't take away from the movie. It's just he's he's a guy that I think is very talented and you could have cast anybody to do what he did in that role. But the fact that Jeremy Renner makes it better. <laughs> it is nice to look at Jeremy Renner. If, if we that's cast what you it, if, if we casted you to do it, people would be like, Why am I gonna go see Perry Wilson? <laughs> 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 All right, um, and then we got Forrest Rit- Whitaker, who's really the only other big name actor. Plays Colonel Weber, and this was right after he was in Rogue One, right? Um, this was 2016. Rogue One was what? Also 2016, 2017. They were very close. They were both 2016, but Rogue One was December of 2016. I think this was definitely before that. October, November, maybe. Yeah. So, so this came out before. But yeah, I mean he's good. He he plays he plays the the colonel the very well, very very stern. Very stern. He he does his job. I just don't think this movie is about the acting other than Jeremy or other than Amy Adams. It's yeah. really not about the acting. It's about the writing and the visuals, mm-hmm. I would say. True. So, speaking of the visuals, oh. there's there's a few particular wide shots that are so incredibly beautiful just make you say out loud whoa the clouds rolling over the hill when, so, that's when the, stunning right yeah. when the clouds roll over and you you're in the helicopter and then you see yep. the uh, spaceship and this wide shot of the helicopter the spaceship and then this montana background oh my gosh it makes, is gorgeous makes you move, doesn't it <laughs> it is stunning dennis villanueva movies they are always big Mm-hmm. They're always very high end in the cinematography area. His movies that scream, this is going to be visual eye candy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The cinematographer of this movie is Bradford Young. Bradford? Bradford? Bradford. I thought it was going to be Roger Deakin um, because he's like the legend of cinematography. But Bradford Young did Selma. He did Solo. Mm-hmm. He did. Man, he hasn't actually done that many big budget movies. That is surprising after after what he did with Arrival. He should be one of the first calls for big budget movies. So basically his two big movies are, are Arrival and Solo. But anyway, yeah. Gorgeous movie. If you want some visual eye candy in a sci-fi movie, oh, what do you have to say about that, Jacob? Is that kind of what drew you in the first time you watched yeah, it? Yeah, just, just watching it, it was stunning. It kind of distracts you from the plot a little bit, so you it, it further, like prevents you from seeing what's coming i think mm. um you're just you're just distracted by what's happening in the world itself did it also win like an award for for audio hmm. like a sound mixing maybe it sounded good going okay. to look it has won one oscar and that was for best achievement in sound editing yeah. look at jacob go it was nominated for <laughs> it was nominated for motion picture of the year mm-hmm. Tragedy. it was nominated for directing nominated for adapted screenplay because i think it's based off a book yeah, it's a short story. Um, nominated for Best Achievement in Cinematography, nominated for Film Editing, Sound Mixing, and Production Design. And Best Actress? Didn't no. I thought, I, she did, I thought she got a nom. She got a Golden Globe nom, and the score got a Golden Globe nom as well, but they did not get Oscar noms. Do yourself Ridiculous. a favor if you haven't heard On the Nature of Daylight. Oh, yes. Oh. Go listen. It might have got snubbed, but that was good competition. Yeah, no, no, I don't. I wouldn't say it got snubbed in the best picture category. La La Land kind of sucked up to every single person, every single white old guy in the <laughs> academy. So, 
Classic. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of why I won all those. But uh, anyway, yeah, so one thing I wanted to say, it is a lot slower to get going than I remembered it being. The first, like, 20 minutes or so, like, until they go into the spaceship for the first time, it's kind of boring. You know what I mean? I don't know. Do you guys agree with me on that? Well, I think when I talked about it being, if it, if it happened, being realistic, I think it's normal. Yeah. So I liked it. I like the fact that she is a professor and she went back to her job and they had to wait and they had to come get her and then they had to brief her and we saw it and all that stuff. Yeah. I liked it. I was okay with but it. But it does go kind of quick in the sense of like her plot though because it's like she hears about it, knows nothing about it, and then all of a sudden she's going to the site. Well, like she knows nothing about what's going on. But she's worked for the government before. Yeah. So she's already got an in and she already has her clearance and stuff. And... They remember they tried to get someone else, and she was like, "Ask him if he knows what this means." And obviously, he didn't. So they know she's mm. the best. So mm-hmm. I think, yeah, they say, "Ask him what the Sanskrit word for war is." Uh-huh. And um, you know, he goes and asks, and she asks, "You know, what did he say?" And he says, um, "You know, it's an argument." And she says, "He says, what do you?" Forrest Whitaker says, "What do you say it is?" And she says, "A desire for more cows, <laughs> or something like that." That could start a war. Yeah. Yeah, there is a lot of fun little things like that. One thing that's interesting, she's a single woman who, you know, single unmarried woman um, who is still apparently young enough to have a child and look still the same age 12 years later or so when her daughter is still alive. She's Amy Adams. But but she's somehow reached this top linguistics professor in the world well, or in the country while I, still being a single, no offense, you know, youngish, youngish no woman. No offense to like linguistics impressive. professionals. I don't think there's probably that much of a ladder to climb to be the best. <laughs> not a lot of competition? Probably not. All I don't, right, like we go to a tier one esteemed research university and I've never heard of us having a linguistics person, so. Valid. It's a valid point. On the point of like the, the slowness at the start, thinking about it, I think the introduction to the movie kind of makes you expect like a somber attitude. Mm. Um, and if they, if they hadn't built that up, then, then you might've questioned, um, you know, the, the mother daughter relationship mm-hmm. sooner than, than they wanted you to. So I can, I can understand the reasoning for it being kind of slow to start with. And I think again, with the, uh, just like the introduction of the landscape scene of the mist rolling over the mountains, um, just stuff like that. It, it kind of, creates the atmosphere for the movie that allows it to um, pick up pace over time. Because, you know, it never gets, like, super fast. Mm. Um, I mean, you basically lead off the movie with Amy Adams' daughter dying of cancer. Yeah. And you you think that that is in the past. As mm-hmm. you go on the whole movie, you expect that that is a flashback. Like, that is a memory that has happened. You expect that she's been married and now unmarried. And you think that every every memory she's having is a flashback. And I think the reason why this movie is so unpredictable, and, and like you were saying, Jacob, that does that, that being at the very beginning does really set the tone with the rest of the movie just being kind of just a little somber, like you said. I think that, that also, though, that being at the very beginning sets is like the reason why this is such an unpredictable movie, if you've never seen it before, because that's something you just, you see it, you immediately say that happened that is part of her backstory and that is just 
that is cemented in your mind. Mm-hmm. Um, the rest of the movie, as the rest of the movie plays out, that's not really something you think back on. Like, whoa, maybe that didn't happen. You're that's just something you that is in your backstory or in her backstory in your mind. You just accept it already. And the writers do a great job of making sure that you continue to think that. There's a scene where you know Louise Banks and what's Jeremy's name? Jeremy's character's Ian. name. Ian. Ian. Uh, yeah, Louise and Ian are talking. And just like about relationships and stuff, and she says you don't have to be, uh, or you can be an expert in communication and still mm-hmm. like fail in relationships, mm-hmm. which you know makes you think. Okay, so she really did get divorced or something in the yeah. past. And that is some of the 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 most adult coworker flirting that you're ever gonna see in a movie. <laughs> It's like Ian's character clearly somewhat interested, clearly makes an attempt to. Um, relay the information that he is single and available and wants to know if she is as well and she using a kind of uh, witty comeback remark relays that information that she is also single Mm -hmm. so that is uh, some very um, you know mid-30s kind of adult flirting (laughs) I thought was kind of dorky and funny do you think like when they when they got married like, obviously, we see that he moved into her house. Do you think that her university just gave him a job? I'm just <laughs> curious. That is, yeah. We don't learn much about that at all, and we don't really ask many questions about it. I, mean, I, <laughs> I just, don't feel I, like... I just did, but... Yeah. <laughs> well, there is one... We asked one question about it. <laughs> there is one scene on upon rewatching that definitely gives it away, but it's very late in the movie... And it, so there's still probably 10 to 15 minutes before you actually find before she finds out and before the audience finds out what's been going on and that she's been having these flashes to the future. And it's when she's talking to her daughter and her daughter's asking something about science and whatever. And she says, if you want science, go talk to your father. And so this is before the whole, you know, there's a big line with the uh, non-zero sum game that turns out to be. Um, the kind of keying in line that lets her know, wait, I'm actually seeing things from the future, not the past. But that's, in, that's you know, 10 to 15 minutes down the road. So this this flash forward really gives that away, but I did not get it the first time. It's, it's quick. It's quick. If you want science, go ask your father. And um, once you've seen the movie once and you go back and you're like, wait, that makes it obvious. Because he loves the, science. There's one of the scene that really does that too. It's uh, she's talking to her daughter. Um, her daughter's younger in this one and she says I made a drawing I call it mommy and daddy talk to animals mm-hmm. and it's got a picture of them with the caged bird mm-hmm. uh, that's seen in the uh, in the spaceship room yeah. yeah the caged bird we never know what the caged bird is really there for do we I think it's I think... there for oxygen levels like if this yeah, thing like, can breathe we can if, breathe if the bird dies we're gonna die so we should get out okay you know, so do bird. they just tell the girl about the bird then like, why does the girl draw the bird? She probably heard stories about it as a kid. Um, I mean, her, her mother's famous. Yeah. So. Yeah, I guess. Uh, that was just one thing that's like, why would she feel the need to just draw a picture of a mom and dad and a bird? Well, she's also like seven, so. Yeah. Maybe she can only anyway. draw birds. <laughs> but as slow as I mentioned that the first first little bit is, man, the last act of this movie is so satisfying. It's stressful. It is stressful, <laughs> it is intense, it is gripping, 
but it wraps up and you're just like, wow, that all makes sense so well. I wanted to ask you guys a little bit about the scene where she's kind of looking into the future, like using that ability that she has now mastered the language um, of these aliens and she can communicate with them and she knows that they want to give her a weapon or a tool of some kind, but she doesn't know what it is. And she's starting to realize that she's got this ability to, to see her life. And so she's actually communicating in the future with General Shang, um, General Li Shang from Mulan. No, uh, General Shang from China. Um, and she needs to basically find a way to contact him so that they can, like, basically, you know, reveal all their information and not actually, like, attack the aliens because that's what some other countries are trying to do. So I was confused a little bit. Like, so what's going on in that? Like, is he, does he also have this ability? And he knows that she needs this information in the past. What do you guys think? So, she can read it. Which means she can see the future. Because to them, time is non-linear. Right, right. I get that. So, in the future, they meet. Because she wrote the book and whatever. Right? Mm -hmm. So technically, after writing the book, anyone can do it. Right? If they can read it. Oh, Theoretically, I think Theoretically. I think the reason that she's so good at it is because she studied linguistics her whole life. So right, adopting right. the language is, is just comes naturally to her. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, on the phone call in in the present day, when which we see in the movie when they're talking, they have like a long conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, General Shang does reveal to her when they meet in the future that uh, you know the words that he said to her were his wife's dying words, but. Um, you know, it also could have been that she instructed him to tell him, tell her this in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, so she um, told him, you know, in the future, tell me your wife's dying words. Mm-hmm. These are them. So that when they do eventually meet, um, he knows that he has to do that in order to allow her in the past to um, you know, be able to stop the, the war. It's about to start. Hmm. Which that's the only part of the movie that kind of gets sketchy when it comes to time, because, you know, if she does know that, then in the future, she should also know that. But in this scene, it seems like she forgot. Right. Because she's like, you know, how did how do you know me? Like, how do you? Exactly. That's the thing that kind of confused me is that like the conversation he approaches her and it's definitely not a conversation of like this random conversation happens and I'm going to take information of it. It's both sides of the conversation no, well, at least like Shang knows the importance of him going to tell her these things, and that's why I was confused. It seemed like he was definitely in on it and giving her the information, and, and so that's why I was like, how does he know that he needs to talk to her in the future and tell her these things? So maybe that, maybe you're right. Maybe it's that 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 phone call that he does have when he gives or when she calls his his personal cell. Maybe she tells him to tell her these things in the future so that it can go back to her in the past. But then that kind of sets up a loop. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so that's the one thing that's a little sketchy, but it's still really, really satisfying um, the way it ends. It makes a better movie if if she seems confused, mm-hmm. yeah, when he when she talks to him. And so, really, that kind of that kind of describes the whole movie. But the one question I want to ask you guys that she asks um, in the movie is, if you could see your whole life start to finish, would you change things? I thought about that question a little bit. That's interesting. What do you think, Wes? Probably. Yeah? Well, I would change things that have happened. I don't know if I would change things in the future, because that kind of ruins the surprise. 
But you can't go back and change. It's, you're not a time traveler. You can just see things. It's like you can't go back you said, and change things. You said you could see your whole life. Would you change things? Which means that means before Perry. Right, but also uh, sitting here in May of 2020, you can't change things that happened b- prior to May of 2020. No, could I? Are you sure? I'm positive <laughs> because that has happened. Because... You can. S- mm. You have not acquired this gift till now, Wes, and so now now you can see into the future and see parts of your life. Would you change things? I mean, maybe. Depends on what it is. I expect a deeper answer from Jigs here. <laughs> if, well, like, for example, her kid died. Yeah. Should know. she go, Should she tell... Um, Ian sooner about her gift. Absolutely, she probably should. But she, I think, has has a mindset on this already. But I don't know. What do you think, Jigs? I don't know. I think it's. I think that's just the most beautiful part of the movie to me is that, uh, you know, the, the choice that she has to make and that she does, um, because you know, not only does she know that that her daughter is going to die if she if she chooses, um, you know, to marry um, Donnelly, but like she knows also that like Donnie will Donnelly will leave her. Um, you know that he'll hate the decision she made that, um, and I think especially that that the fact that he thinks it's the wrong decision um, and she still chooses to make it because she thinks that's what's best for her daughter um, you know to to have life at all um, is really is really fascinating um, I think that's that's what makes me love the movie so much um, just that she makes probably the hardest decision you know anyone could make uh, to have to see a child die um and does that with confidence you know mm-hmm. uh, yeah man well said well said jacob riggs and it didn't even take you that long i know he your, even, he's been thinking about it for years though well, thought about it a lot, yeah. <laughs> yeah see i was thinking about this a little bit and so here's what here's the thing like if you can see your life and then, like, you can actually make different decisions purposefully that change what you see. You're never, ever going to... Your life is never going to be perfect. It's never going to be the way the way you want it to be. So, like, if I could see one thing happening in my life that I wanted to change, and I made purposeful decisions to change that, then I'm sure that would change a lot of other things and just set off a chain reaction. So, like, what's the point, like, of, like changing things you've been given like one life and and you know make the best out of what it is rather than trying to change everything you know what i mean that was that was kind of how i was thinking about it so maybe when it came to certain situations like maybe i maybe i would you know if like um maybe i you know went out for a drive and and got hit by a drunk driver and my friend died or something maybe i would make that decision to not go out that night you know but the way i see it is like things would then change after that it's not like only that one thing would change so and as wes eats his his uh headphones um i sit here and and think just like that is what makes this movie so beautiful is that it gets you thinking gets you thinking about life a little bit it's not really even about the aliens it's really not it's not at all so 
It's not about the aliens or science or language. <laughs> it's about Amy Adams. It's about Amy it's about Adams. Adams. Man, we're already at 35 minutes. We should probably wrap this up so we can keep so we can call it a mini episode still. Minisode. This is such a good movie, guys. All right, we should start wrapping this up. First of all, give your final thoughts and rate it on the hot rod scale of rating movies, which jigs. If you're not familiar with the hot rod scale of rating movies, we rate on one to five. One is a straight up party. No, um, two, five, five, or is five, five, excuse me. <laughs> five is a straight up party. Four is cool beans. Three, you can scrape the joy out of it. Two, unlegit. And then one, a movie that is, you're the devil. So have fun being married to Satan. <laughs> <laughs> um, Wes, you want to go first? Oh, for sure. Um, it's fantastic. You should watch it. Um, you will enjoy it. And it is a straight up party. My name is Rod and I like to party. We've got one straight up party, and I think we know what Jacob probably is going to say, but so we'll let him go next. Yeah, most heart-wrenching movie I've ever seen, probably. Um, great story, great cinematography, five out of five. It's a straight up party. Uh, hi, uh, my name is Dave, and uh, I like to party. Uh, no, Dave, I just said that I party, so maybe do something different for me. My name is Dave, and I... In the stunt man. You know what? Let's move on. Mm, that's another certified straight up party. Now the question is, is it going to be a three out of three straight up party? Watch well, it so, not do it to be different. <laughs> so here's the thing. One. I'm looking through the movies that I've watched and, you know, that we've watched for BMC and none of which I've given a straight up party yet. And the beginning of Arrival is just like, you know, as I was watching it, I was like, man, this is just slow. But then once I got to the end, it brings everything together so beautifully. The score is phenomenal. Um, I'm trying to be a little bit less picky with the way I rate these movies. So absolutely, this is a straight-up party of a movie. Party, I'm Rod. No, you're Kevin. Right, Kevin. I party. No, no, you don't. Okay, nobody parties but me. Yes, and we party. No. Yeah, just Rod. Yes. And me. No. I'm the only one who parties. I'm pretty sure I've partied before. No, Kevin, I know for a fact you don't party, okay? You do not party. You're right. Dave's a party guy. <laughs> Sweet. I mean, in terms of, like, originality and thought process, it is so good. It's not perfect, um, but it's much more of a, like, fun and interesting watch than Three Billboards, which I was right on the border of giving Three Billboards a straight-up party as well. Mm-hmm. So we're going to give this one a straight-up party just for the way it makes you think about life and it wraps up and it's so beautiful and amy adams's performance is great so we got three straight up parties we've got a certified banter movie club straight up party movie first time ever full on banter endorsement right there first time ever um wes real quick jigs uh you can maybe weigh in on this a little bit too before we sign out i wanted to start since now we've done five bmcs we should start having a running ranking of the movies that we do on BMC. So I can go first. We've currently reviewed on BMC Arrival, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, Onward, Blade Runner 2049, and Hancock. And that is my order, my top five. Um, Arrival being number one, Three Billboards number two, Onward number three, Blade Runner 2049, and Hancock. I don't remember what I gave Onward. (laughs) I think you gave it Cool Beans. You might have given it a straight up party. Well, we don't have time to go re-listen now. You might have given a straight-up party and I gave it to Cool Beans. I don't remember. I don't know if I've given a straight-up party, have I? I, I you yeah, just I did. 
Before this... I don't know. Well, regardless of what I said, Onward is number one for me. Onward's number one? Okay. And then Arrival. And then... What was the other? Three Billboards, Blade Runner 2049, and Hancock. Yeah, so Onward, Arrival, Three Billboards, Blade Runner, and then Hancock. Hancock was bad. Okay. Fair enough. Jiggs, you got anything to weigh in for that? I've only seen two of them. Oh, okay. Um, but Onward is also <laughs> Which two? spectacular. Which two? Onward. Onward being the other? Oh. Cool. That was, that's up there for sure. I cried. All I right. Well, that was a lot of fun. But yeah, Jiggs, thanks for being on. Thanks Glad for coming to, to talk about your favorite movie. It's a good time. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So good to see you. Absolutely. Perry, did you also know that it's his birthday? Is it actually your birthday? It's my birthday, yeah. What? <laughs> Happy birthday. Thank you. Happy freaking birthday, dude. All right. Now, when you're listening to this, it's not his birthday. Yeah, it's right. the day we recorded yeah. it. Was. I'm going to give him yeah, yeah, the best birthday present in the world, which is a whole stack of Banter and Hardly Never stickers <laughs> um, for him to do with whatever he wants. <laughs> best Loaded. best birthday present money can buy him. <laughs> anyway, so we'll see you guys. Let's see. What's today? Thursday. We'll see you guys next week on Tuesday. When we have Kevin Lima on the show to talk a goofy movie, Tarzan, Enchanted, another Amy Adams film, Enchanted. We need to go watch that, Wes. I'm going to go watch that before too long here. Cool beans. Cool beans, guys. It's been great, and we'll see you next time.